Hello, welcome to the first edition of the Armchair All-Americans College Basketball Podcast. Before we get started, we're all going to introduce ourselves. My name is Matt Kashanis. I'm a senior at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. My name is Sachin Mishra. I'm a senior also at UNC. My name is Josh McClenney. I'm a senior at UNC. Uh, my name is Nick Coliani. I'm, as you guessed it, a senior here at Chapel Hill. <laughs> So as you can hear, we're all seniors at UNC. We love the Tar Heels. Um, We're excited for this year, but we're going to try and be as unbiased as possible. And since we've been here for four years and they've kind of underperformed in a couple of those years, I think we might even be a little more critical than other people would be. So with all that said, Duke has lost, what, four out of five now. It's a good time to be a Tar Heel. (laughs) And we have the new addition to AP poll. A lot of people were expecting North Carolina to move up to number one. They haven't played a lot of great teams lately, but they've been winning solidly with a couple big performances from Bryce Johnson and Kenny Meeks. But Oklahoma remains number one. What do you guys think? Totally agree. Oklahoma's only losses are against really good teams, and they've been away. I mean, you can't bring them down below one. At Kansas and was at Iowa State. Yeah, they've right. lost by a combined eight points, yeah. both on the road to ranked teams. Um, it's and they played three ranked games in a row. One loss was to uh, was at Iowa State, as we said. Yeah. Um, they've beaten Villanova, who's a top ten team. They've beaten Iowa State previously. Beaten West Virginia, who's a top ten team. Beaten Baylor, who's a top twenty team. Um, when you do record to record, they just have the the best, probably the best resume in the country. North Carolina, while they didn't lose this week, I don't know if they can compete with what Oklahoma is doing. Yeah, they, they play some bad teams. Yeah, North Carolina is is winning games, but they're winning games with a Marcus Page who is underperforming certainly to all the preseason hype we had about him. You know, he breaks his hand a couple games in the season, and we hear, oh, you know, when Marcus Page comes back, this is going to be the team to beat. But I'm not seeing that right now. I'm seeing a team that has dominant big men that are really creating a lot of room and scoring down low, but their guard play has not been up to par. Mm, I don't know. I think there's this team has room to improve, but I just your guard guard play actually. I thought, for instance, I'm gonna throw Joel Berry out there. He's been playing as good as anyone in the country. I mean, he might be, in my opinion, the best point guard in in the country. He runs this offense and he's perfect for this offense. And he's improved his three point shooting. And he just he leads a great team. Yeah, you're, you're saying you're saying that Joel Berry is leading this this team. Yes, I do. And the reason why is because a point guard in the UNC system is probably the most important position. And you think he's the best point guard in the country? I do. I no, love, no love for Chris Dunn from Providence. I mean, he's good, but I mean, I don't think Providence is that good. Mellow, first of all. <laughs> Mellow Trimble from Maryland. Uh, you know that's that's coming closer, but Trimble is to me almost more of a shooting. Uh, how Rodriguez just come with a big Duke win. No. He's a point guard. Yeah, but I don't think he's as good. I, I, I just think he brings more to the he means more to us in this in our system. I mean, without him, you look at some of these passes. What about Cat Barber? He's all of NC State's offense. Eh, Cat Barber doesn't deserve he's just, conversation. But he's he's <laughs> scoring the low. He, he's he's with that team. He when he's been called upon to score, and then he's he's leading that team. Fair enough. But NC State's also. You're saying more, more important to this team than any other team in the country? I would say no. Cat Barber is probably more important to his team since he scores all their points. But I'm saying on a winning team. Well, I would agree with Coley on the fact about... I think Joel Berry's been really surprising this year. I thought he was going to be good. I didn't think he was going to improve this much. He's looked really good on the break. He's played well on defense. I'm not going to say he's the best point guard in the country, but I think he's a big reason why UNC is number two right now. And I think he's a big reason why they handled the page loss, why they're handling page not shooting well. 
Um, I'm really surprised by the way he's played. And I think it kind of speaks to you got a lot of experience on this team. It's very deep. Um, and Barry came off the bench last year. He's looked really good. And with Oklahoma, you know, they've got a really good point guard in Cousins. He hasn't played well this year, but that's another deep team. And I think with the AP poll, you have three three of the top four teams they have ranked. I think there's a clear three best teams. It's Oklahoma, Kansas, UNC. And I think the, the, the thing they all have in common, it's experience and depth. You've got guys who have been there before. Oklahoma with Heald, Woodard, Cousins, Spangler. Those guys, they've been through it all in the Big 12. They've seen it all. Kansas, Perry Ellis, Selden Jr., Frank Mason. And then UNC with guys like Meeks, Bryce Johnson, and Paige. But I would also like to say these are the teams that usually start off good in the beginning of the year. I mean, you're going to see teams who don't have the same same veteran status that are going to start rising up. So, you know, we may not have seen yet the team that may be those teams that contend. I mean, these teams right now obviously are the best. It's still, I mean, yeah, it's starting to get late in the year, but we still have a lot of basketball to play and a lot of room to grow for a lot of these other teams. We, we do have a lot of room to grow, and we do have a lot of basketball left to play. However, where I think last year was the year of the freshman with the Kentucky team that many thought was the best college team of all time. And this year's the year of the senior. We have a couple teams towards the top that have really core groups of older veteran players who have proven time after time that they can come through. And it shows in their play that they're really experienced and that they have a step, at least right now, over these teams that are younger and still trying to figure themselves out. Yeah. I mean, who's the most impactful freshman on an actual like competitive you know, top ten team this year. I don't know if we can name anybody right now. Mm-hmm. Not any winning team right Thing. now. Yeah. I mean, you got Ben Simmons, but LSU, you know, a little bit outside of the top 25. So it really is the year of the senior. You know, Buddy Yoda and Bryce Johnson are kind of leading the way for player of the year. you got guys like Georges Niang, Perry Elsa's senior, contributing really well, too. Um, so well, here, here, sorry, i got to put this in. You say three teams. So why why won't you are you saying Iowa then cannot be in that? They have a they're also experienced players. You have you have Utoff, you have Peter Jock. I mean these guys are still upperclassmen as well. If you're going on experienced veteran players, why can't you lump Iowa? I mean, why couldn't you have four really good teams? I mean they're shooting over forty percent from three as a team. That's impressive. And I mean, Jared Utoff, he's good. Like if you haven't watched him play, he can shoot. He's, I mean, he's averaging 48% from three, and he's averaging 19 points a game. I mean, that that's really impressive. Yeah. And they have a big game this weekend that will really, like, you know, show us if they're really, like, something. But Yeah. They've had a great schedule, and they've had some really big wins, two wins over Michigan State, including just a complete beatdown about a week and a half ago. But I'm going to play a little devil, devil's advocate here. College, college football season last year, Iowa, they were great the entire year, but... There was kind of the idea, is this team really good? Do we know? Do we know? Tough loss to Michigan State and just absolutely destroyed in, against Stanford in the Rose Bowl. And it, there's not much statistical evidence for this, but I'm kind of getting the idea, do people actually think this Iowa team's good? Are they just beating up on some okay Big Ten teams? I think ultimately with Iowa, it depends on how good you think the Big Ten is. If you think the Big Ten's up there at the ACC and the Big 12, you think Iowa's a top-five team for sure. But if you don't think that, then you're just kind of like, well, we'll see. You know, and Iowa has, a, like Coley said, Iowa has a big game coming up against Maryland, ranked number eight, and they still have to play Indiana, who's in the top 20 twice. So, you know, those are the type of games that will really give us a chance to see, is this Iowa team the real deal, or are they just benefiting from, from being, you know, in the, big, in the Big 12? Well, I mean, the thing is, the Big 10, I mean, I don't think they're a very deep, deep conference, but I think there are clearly three really good teams in that, in that division, and I, think, I don't think many people would argue with that. I mean, you have Michigan State, you have Maryland, you have Iowa. 
Purdue's been solid. They've beaten some good teams. Indiana's come on. In uh, but if you look at that schedule, they haven't really beat anyone. Indiana has not beaten any good team yet so far. Any ranked team, at least. So I'm, I'm very hesitant of putting it, of really considering Indiana. But I would say they, they have four good teams. So, I mean, yeah. division's good, but not great. I think next week after the Iowa-Maryland game, we'll have a lot better idea about Iowa. Because I think Maryland, we saw them come here to UNC. They played some other big teams. I think Maryland's the team to beat there. But if Iowa beats them, then we're going to have to recognize them oh. as a deserving number three. Especially, I mean, even, especially when they're away at Maryland, too. I mean, that, that would be a very big win for them. Don't forget Michigan State just came off of a little bit of a skid with a big win over Maryland. So, you know, Michigan State's a team that could also maybe rise a little bit in oh, that conference. Absolutely. So with that, there's another interesting team in the top five that you don't usually see there, and that's sitting at number five, Texas A&M, the Aggies, 17-2, and two, undefeated in conference. And unfortunately, I don't think any of us um, are convinced by this team. Yeah, I think they just uh, they happen to win some games early on, stay winless for a while, or not winless, stay, stay relatively loss-free for a while, and then are playing now an easy schedule in the SEC. Like but, that, if you as, if you can get into as, the recipe for success in the media right now, especially on ESPN and stuff, is if you can get a couple of good non-conference games, you know, maybe win them in your SEC team or play relatively good teams, and then coast through an easy SEC basketball schedule. But we get to the SEC tournament is the time you really maybe but, even need to. But beat. We said that about Kentucky last year. I mean, Kentucky was the same thing. Everyone's like, but Kentucky well, is good. It's such a different model. I understand model. it was All a different thing. Like but I'm saying when they play good teams, they've come out and, and performed. They beat LSU by 14. They beat Baylor by 19. And I mean, I think LSU agree. lost to Wake. Like these teams are all so herky jerky. I think in the SEC, it's it's really hard to tell. I think A and M, you know, it, the SEC just doesn't look like a good conference. And it'll be interesting. They got. Kentucky only they only play Kentucky once this year. You know, they're gonna play LSU one more time. They really don't have that much of a tough of a schedule, so they could only lose about two more games. ISU on the thirtieth. Yeah. And so we can go in and get into that. There's some big games coming up this week and probably the biggest is kind of a weird scheduling thing where we have the Big Twelve SEC challenge. And one of the big games is Iowa State going to Texas A and M. Iowa State currently as we're recording this podcast is uh down to Kansas at home, um, but they're a top 20 team, top 15 team, and they'll be taking on A&M. Who do you guys got? I got Iowa State in this one. Georges Yang playing very well right now, and again, I'm just not convinced that this Aggie team is that good. Um, this Iowa State has proven that they can win big games, so I've got Iowa State. Yeah, I have Iowa State as well. I mean, I think that yeah, while like, Texas A&M has good bigs, and like they probably have good like physical, talented players, I don't think they have anybody who can guard Yang, who's, who can Post you up. He can take you out to the perimeter. He's a kind of you. He can do it all. And so I think he can. He can kind of slice and dice this Texas I, team. I actually think A and M gets it done. A and M hasn't really played any teams. They're going to be pretty well rested, considering they don't really play the same competition. Iowa State's probably going to come off a really tough game against Kansas. I think Iowa State or I think uh, A and M gets it done. I mean, look for Jalen Jones. He's he's their guy. He just scores. He scores seventeen and a half points a game. Um, I could I could see it I could see the upset I mean it's not considered an upset but I would still see an A and M victory as reputation an upset. upset yeah well I'm interested to see because I think you have where Iowa State like you said they big uh, big game against Kansas going right now they played Oklahoma this team's battle tested they've they've you know they beat UNC a couple years ago in the tournament they were really good the past couple years this team's played in big games this might be one of the biggest games Texas A and M's had 
ever mm-hmm. in basketball. I, I don't know. Early in the year, they put a 10. Uh, then, I know Gonzaga has fallen off, but a then 10, 10 seed Gonzaga, they pulled out there. They also played Baylor, 16th ranked Baylor. They won by 19 points. Okay, I mean, but but this is the highest the highest that Texas yeah. A&M has been ever, correct? Yeah. They've yeah. never True. been here before in True. program history. You have an Iowa State team that is battle tested. This that still makes this a huge yeah. game, oh, and they absolutely really they're going to be thinking, you know, every, like us right now, we're saying, are they really number five team? And then you know they're going to start thinking. This, this is the chance we got. If they win that game, okay, then maybe we say, yeah, they're number five team. But here's my thing. We say the SEC's bad, right? It's almost like it's the same thing where they've been killing almost every team in the SEC. Past few games, they've just been dominant. I mean, yeah, you have the bad competition, but when you beat up on teams, I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, they had some, a scare against Mississippi State. They had a scare against Tennessee. A little bit of a scare against Florida. But then the last three games, I mean, they, they walled Georgia. They walled LSU. They walled Missouri. I, I just think they come in, they're going to be hot. I mean, they might probably going to wallop Arkansas, too. They're going to be feeling really good about themselves. I, I think they get it done, actually. I mean, it's a surprise. We'll see. I mean, I haven't really watched this team, so I really can't get much. It's purely through stats. Yeah, and I'm interested to see how Iowa State does and how A&M's defense does, because I think Iowa State's one of the most creative offensive teams in the country. They just have guys who can handle the ball, can shoot, and it's, it's just really hard to guard. Oklahoma's a very versatile team, and even they couldn't handle it. So we'll see how A&M's able to hold up against Iowa State. So continuing with the Big 12 SEC theme, we've got a couple other games that are pretty big. Um, really interesting matchup, especially for people who don't care about college basketball as much but are a little more interested in NBA. We have Oklahoma at LSU. Um, Oklahoma, number one team in the country. LSU, got Ben Simmons. They're an okay team. They're really trying to make a case to, to get in the tournament. What do you guys got? What do you guys have here? I... I think it's a not even a game. I think LSU gets whooped, and I don't think it's very close. Uh, but I mean, it'd be nice to see Simmons against some good competition. But I don't think it's a close game. This Oklahoma team is a great team. LSU has a great player, and you know you really can't say enough how good of a player Buddy Heald is with a lot of parts surrounding him. And you know, I love Ben Simmons as much as the next guy. He's a great player to watch, but I don't think he can carry this LSU team over a senior heavy. Texas A&M, or not Texas A&M, sorry, a senior heavy Oklahoma team. Um, I mean, I think that oh, those are all true points. Um, I think LSU, for them to win the game, they need to have uh, their shooters obviously score, and Blake and Lee has come on recently as kind of well. hot, hot shooters. Um, so that would definitely, that would definitely, I guess, I, I think will be the key for them to win or lose this game. Okay, if those guys can shoot for three, and then have just Ben Simmons be able to create with like an open middle mid-range in the core, he can be either drive to the hoop or pass back out. I think that they can get something They get, they can get something cooking there. It'll be interesting to see. We know LSU has great home fans in football, so it'll be interesting to see if they come out for this basketball game because this is probably the biggest game they've had in a while. And it'd be interesting to see if Ben Simmons can keep him in it for long enough to have a chance at the end. Um, there's one other big Big 12 SEC game, Kentucky-Kansas. This was probably, a, most people thought, a top-five matchup when the season started. Kansas has looked like a top-five team the whole year. Kentucky's kind of stumbled. You know, they've lost to some okay SEC teams. And they're really kind of just, you know, it looks like they need more playmaking outside of Tyler, uh, outside of Euless. And their big men just really have been under underperforming so far. Scalabissier um, hasn't looked good in a long time. And Marcus Lee's underperformed as well. And it's surprising to see. But Kentucky, you know, they've got the talent. It's just... 
when's it going to be that point when they turn it on? Do they turn it on against Kansas? I don't think so. I think this is just another. I, I just don't think they're going to turn it on this year. I think they're just going to be an average team. Uh, I think Kansas wins. I mean, Kansas is too good. Like we said earlier, they're one of the top three teams in the country. I, I just don't think Kentucky is going to be able to hang with them. I think if Kentucky can get this game, this win against Missouri, uh, which they have in between this Kansas game, that would make three in a row, three out of the last four. I think they could take this one. I think they will take this one. This Kentucky team, I think, could be scary if they get on a little bit of a roll and start playing well and come together. However... I'm not entirely sure they're going to beat Missouri because, as we've seen so far, this Kentucky team is just so unpredictable. Um, so if if Kentucky wins that game, you know I think they they continue and they upset Kansas a little bit. If they don't, I think KU takes this one. Yeah, I could easily see them beating Missouri lo- or losing to Missouri, beating uh, Kansas, and then losing the very next game. They're just a very up and down team. I think you know when you have so much turnover constantly, you're just going to have a co- you know even if you get these great guys, you're just going to have a couple years out of every four or five where you're just not going it's not it's not going to be the right guys. You can't get Anthony Davis and Carl um, Anthony Towns every single year. So we've kind of done a little conference discussion with this. And I know we have a couple guys here who really want to state their case for what they think is the best conference. Nick, what do you think is the best conference? Uh, I have a one A one B. I know it's a little cheating, but I think uh, the Big Twelve is my one A, purely because I think they have the best, they have the top, the best top heavy teams. But then I have as my one B, I I have the ACC. I think they're the most, like they have the most depth in the conference. Mm-hmm. And you know it doesn't necessarily show. I mean they don't have as much TMA teams in the top ten, and I think they have about the same in the top twenty five with. Um, with the Big 12, but I think top to bottom, I think the ACC is a little deeper. Every team, like even Virginia Tech, they're not a great team, but it, you still have to battle when you go play Virginia Tech. Buzz Williams is a great coach. I mean, you have to battle with them. I mean, you have teams like Florida State who always plays hard. You have Clemson who's proven they can take down teams. Duke's on the da- on the low, but I mean, Duke can beat anyone on any night if the if it's their night. I mean, you never know. Maybe not if they have a six-man rotation going. Well, I mean, that's something. I mean, they got they got some stuff to figure out, but I still think they're a really good team, and I would I would take them over a mid-tier Big 12 team as well. Well, it's interesting. The Big 12 only has 10 teams. ACC's got 16, and the Big 12's going to have probably have, they have five teams who are guaranteed to make the tournament, and they're all in the top 25. Yeah, but that's hey. it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Texas outside, they... If they you know get a couple more big wins, they could maybe be in the discussion. But really, they have the best five. T- if you take the f- best five teams of any conference, it's going to be the Big 12. But when you get outside that, the ACC's, it's really deep. I mean, they just got a bunch of teams. You can't really take a night off unless you're playing, you know, Boston College or Wake Forest. But, um, you know, look at the standings, you know, you have North Carolina, but then you got Louisville, too, and then some surprises with Pittsburgh, Miami, and Notre Dame following it up. But both, all those three of those teams are good teams. I mean, let's they are good not teams. kid ourselves. They are in the top 20. Each one of those teams was in the top 25 at some point. Yeah, when you look at the tournament body of work, I would say that ACC is supreme. Like, really? Villanova last year in the tournament loses to a very average NC State team. Like, loses, and then who else? There's always been a pattern of overranked, Smaller conference teams who lose to mid tier ACC teams. And the ACC for years has, has been like this way because every week, like we said, every week's a great game, and every team going into the tournament is battle tested, no matter where they are, and they're they're ready for the big games. 
And that's why, like, conferences like the Big East, I don't think they're very good. Yeah. You have top teams like Providence. And you just got better coaching than ACC. You see so many different types of looks, like Zone, Syracuse, you know, uh, transition game at UNC. And, you know, you Lockdown see defense at UVA. Defense at UVA. And Duke has, you know, kind of a mix of whoever. They have shooters. There's usually somebody let down low last year. So, like, there's, there's always something going on there. So there's always like, – I think it's that, that deep level of coaching that gets the ACC – that I think supplants them as number one or makes them number one. Yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say Big 12 and the ACC are the top two team or top two conferences. And potentially we'll see that one out in the Final Four in the championship game. But what do you guys have after that? You guys have Big Ten three. I think most of us would agree there. But then it kind of gets a little different. I think we might have some different opinions on this one. <laughs> have we ever had like a Big East Pac-12 matchup in recent memory? I, I no. I think actually I'm willing to say the Big East is better than Pac-12. Like really going through it, I think the Big East. The problem is the Big East has three teams. That's it. In my opinion, they have three teams that can actually do anything, and everyone else is just kind of yeah. there for the ride. They're very similar to Big 12. Yeah. I mean, you team. have Villanova, Xavier, Providence. That's it. Butler was supposed to be that other team, but they're 13-6. They have 2-5 and five in the conference. I mean, they're just not there right now. Georgetown was supposed to be good. They're 12-8. and, eight and, five and I mean, they're 5-2, but 12-8 and eight non-conference schedule is terrible. So I just think the Big East is just they're too top and I don't think the teams are that good at the top. I agree. When you when you get to the Pac-12, you're really talking about Oregon, Washington, Arizona, USC, um, and you know, really in that, the only team that kind of that kind of brings something to me is Oregon. Um, you know, this is not a great Arizona team, four and three already in the conference. Oregon already has two losses in the conference. Just not that elite team that it looks like the Big East might have in a Providence. But here's my thing: Why can't you? So so we have Big East. What's wrong with me saying the SEC may be better than the Big East? I mean, the, the SEC, I mean, we've been saying Kentucky's not very good, but they're still, I mean, they're still a decent team. LSU has, I mean, they're solid. I mean, they've lost some really bad games. They have A&M, obviously. And South Carolina is 17-2. I mean, they slowed down in conference. They're only 4-2. and two, But what's to say that team is not as good as we thought they were? They've had some good wins. So, I mean, once you get past, I think, the top three, there really isn't. I mean, there's, there's, not, there's not a consensus there. Ken Palm has Utah and Georgetown being similar in, like, their, their, their season rank. So, like, we, if That's we, really surprising so, like, so, like, Utah and a Utah versus Georgetown matchup. Match up. That's what you'd be looking at as, like, a competitive, yeah. like, conference represent, representation battle. Yeah, man, it's just, I mean, I think we can all agree the top three divisions. And then after that, it's kind of like, it's kind of who you, who you, who you got allegiance to and who, who you think can be the someone on a down day. I, I, it's a toss-up to me. Yeah, I, think, I agree. I think the Pac-12, you got like nine teams, and anything can happen amongst those nine teams. Yeah. I think maybe with the SEC and the Big East, you have a little bit more of an understanding of, okay, Kentucky's probably going to do this. was probably going to do this. But with Pac-12, I think legitimately among those eight or nine teams, anything can happen this season. And it has been happening so far. Nobody's really taken a firm stand and said, we're going we're to win this conference. But I think that makes those teams more, like, an, a harder out once you get to tournament. Yeah, and Oregon's been a hard out the past couple of years in the tournament, surprising people, and as has Washington. And Arizona, you know, they're, uh, they're not as good as they have been in recent years, but they're still uh, a team that you've got to reckon with in March with Sean Miller 
coaching the team. And USC's been pretty solid this year, too. They were ranked for, I mean, they lost Oregon State, but they've been ranked for a good part of this year, too. In California, with the super freshmen, we'll see if they can turn it on near the end of the year. Uh, Jalen Brown. There was a lot of hype coming in for them. And no, he can't shoot free throws. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so with conference play, um, we're done with that. So we wanted to talk a little bit about players that might not be getting enough attention. Can I also say, can we also bring up um, one game that we did not bring up yet? I yeah. want to bring up the Virginia... Uh, Louisville game. Okay. Yeah, big ACC game. <laughs> I want. I mean, I'm an ACC guy, obviously. Um, I know Josh has a very big, strong opinion on Virginia. I mean, who, do you think Virginia gets it done? I mean, Louisville's only lost two games. They look pretty good. I mean, who do you have in this game? I think Virginia gets it done. I think this Virginia team, in need of a win, in desperate need of a win, can turn the heat up a little they bit. They need a big win. They need a big win. They don't need a win you know, against Wake Forest. They need a win against Louisville. This is a team that people are kind of starting to figure out. Tony Bennett's been in the league a couple of years. They're really starting to figure out how to play against this truly lockdown style of defense, this slower-paced offense. They've got some good players. But where, they, where they're going to live and die this year is can they hold their opponents to a low-scoring total? Because if they have to speed it up, if they have to come back from 10 points down after halftime, it's not going to get done. I think that desire, I think that willpower kind of feeds into that defensive mindset a little bit more, and I think that's why they get it done. But more than that Louisville game, this this UVA team has really got to do some soul searching and really have to end, have to end their conference season strong, you know, to really go into NCAA, into March Madness uh, with the hope of, of doing well. I think they just need other guys to step up. We knew Brogdon, we knew about Gill, we knew about Perantes. We didn't know about any other guys, and we pretty much still don't know about the other guys. I think they need other guys to step up for them. So who do you guys got? I, I, I think I actually have Louisville in this game. Uh, I think Louisville hasn't really had. I mean, they've they've won the games they needed to win. They've lost the games where, like you know, you could see them losing to those those teams. But I think this is a time where Louisville kind of stands up and says we're a contender in the ACC. Oh, that's true. I mean, this is a big game for them. Um, but you know, I think I don't know. It's tough because Virginia plays very good defense, and then that the three point shooting of Louisville. I mean, it's three point shooting of any that can be on or off. They got good guards you can shoot. Um, and I don't know how much they can do inside, but again, it's it's tough to make make a call on a jump shooting team versus a, a good per, a perimeter or a good defending defending team. But I'll actually go with Louisville in this one because I think you know shots are gonna fall for them. I'm gonna go with Virginia. I think Louisville they and they have UVA and then two days later they're gonna have Carolina at home. I think those are two humongous games for them, and they they have to win one of two. Um, and I might I honestly think they lose both. So um, we'll see, and we'll come back uh, next week about it. But um, so we've done all that conference talk. Do you guys have any players that aren't getting a lot of love, aren't getting a lot of attention, or guys that you just want to talk about? I just want to talk about real quick. Rico Gathers. He plays for Baylor. <laughs> He's a forward, big forward, six eight, two eighty. He's actually from Laplace, Louisiana, Riverside Academy. I went to a math competition there one time. It's just, it's just nice. It's just like little wrong place but he's his name says it all I mean last season he came on and he was averaging you know 11 points and just as many rebounds a game like he's a he's a versatile forward I think if he if he ramps it up this Baylor team is can make the tournament and you know I think maybe turn some heads you know not turn a lot but I mean Rico gathers he gathers and rebounds <laughs> anybody else 
I mean, I said it earlier, but uh, Jared Utoff, I mean, no one's been really talking about him, but he's been playing outstanding for the number three team in the nation right now. We'll see more of him in this Maryland game, but he's a mismatch. He's a forward who can shoot the ball really, really, really well. And, uh, I mean, 19.6 rebounds a game is nothing to, nothing to laugh at. I think we all need to pay a little bit more attention to this Monmouth bench. I love those celebrations. It gets <laughs> me going. It. gets me going. I, I love the Sistine Chapel, the creation of Adama. Great celebration. Um, but I don't, I don't really have any under-deserving players, but I think we all love to talk about Ben Simmons, just a guy who has truly come onto the scene and, and plays like no other player. You know, he's 6'10", can handle the ball, can shoot, can rebound. Uh, just truly a great talent. Lived up to the hype. Exactly. And I don't really want to talk about a player or a team per se, but Bill Walton. Um, <laughs> Here he's, we go. He's, <laughs> he doesn't always call the best basketball because he calls for Pac-12 games. So he's calling Thursday night. X actually a top 25 matchup between Oregon and Arizona. And if you like watching up and down basketball, but you just want to hear somebody who's got a really interesting, peculiar, weird, bizarre perspective on the game and pretty much life in general, while watching, you know, a game that doesn't require your full attention, I'd watch this game. He's great. You know, it's late at night on Thursday, on Saturday, whatever it is, and Pac-12 basketball is on. You're not really focusing in on this basketball between, you know, whoever it is. You're going to focus on Bill Walton and some of the just some of the lines and similes and metaphors and whatnot he spews out of his mouth. It's just, it's beautiful to watch, and it's, 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 it's appointment viewing, in my opinion. I want to do something just at the end. Um... I want everyone to pick your team you think as of right now as your favorite to win the championship right now. And I want—I just want to do this because I want to see how it evolves during the year. I think it'll be interesting. So I just want to go around. Matt, uh, Josh, you can start first. Who do you have winning the tournament right now? Right now, I have Oklahoma winning the tournament. I think that if Marcus Page can turn his season around and really start performing in conference play, then UNC takes it. But right now, this Oklahoma team is the team to beat. Um, you know, I think I this Maryland squad <laughs> is not... All right, you said win, but I think they're going to be your big... Like, Oklahoma, you know, a lot of people are going to pick them. UNC, probably a lot, just like if, if Marcus Payne gets it on. I mean, I guess any one of these teams in the... Pick one. In man. the top six. <laughs> just pick one. Maryland's Maryland. a great pick. They're a good I mean, team. It's a good pick. You can go with Maryland. Yeah, but I, I just... Diamond Stone is the... He's... he's, he's a good freshman. He's probably the best contributing freshman. You there you said. go. Yeah, he came off the bench a couple um, weeks ago at 39 points. He's really good. Yeah, so their post play is going to do, uh, he's going to work wonders, I think. All right, so Maryland's your team, right? Maryland's my team. All right. Okay. I'm going to go Tar Heels, baby. <laughs> I think all that we're missing is Paige's three point shooting. I think, you know, hopefully that comes back. And then, you know, we got Barry, Paige. I think we have arguably the best starting lineup other than Oklahoma. And then Man Repeat, Isaiah Hicks, Nate Brick can shoot threes. Joel James is good. I, I yeah. think we're, we're the team to beat. And I, and I agree that that deep factor is going to come into play because you have a team like Duke right now that is clearly struggling because they can only play six guys. I have to agree with Mag. I hate to say it. I hate to already be on the bandwagon. But uh, I also have UNC right now as my team to beat for the tournament. All right, so we'll keep track of that as the season continues. Thanks for listening. If there's anything specific you want us to talk about in the coming weeks, just let us know on Twitter, Armchair All Americans, or whatever. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs>